0: Welcome to the SkyU Podcast. I am U Street and with me today is GopherGuy05, Andy.
1: Who appears to be one of the only two people on this blog that does not have technical issues.
0: Yes, it is a challenge to put together the professional operation that we do for this podcast, but we're very excited to discuss various issues with you today. Well, hopefully you're listening to this wherever. Uh, we have several things to talk about. The most obvious one, though, is Minnesota finished the season. Uh, they played a game. I don't remember what the score was or who they played, and that meant that they were 10-2 and, and did not get to play in the Big Ten Championship game where, just totally unrelatedly, Ohio State mopped the floor with Wisconsin. Awesome. Definitely watched it. Definitely enjoyed it. But But it does mean that uh, I guess we're big fans now of Blooming Onions because the University of Minnesota is in the Outback Bowl for the first time ever. Andy, are you going to go to Tampa?
1: I will not be in Tampa. I'll be watching from my my couch. And and unfortunately, I am a fan of Blooming Onions, but because of the weird ass contract. The Big Ten in the last few years has been stuck with the coconut shrimp. So once again, we are represented by coconut shrimp and I'd like to for- file a formal protest because who the hell wants coconut shrimp from Outback Steakhouse? Not me.
0: Coconut shrimp is absolutely horrible. I've been, I've eaten at an Outback Steakhouse once. I was on a work trip, and my other colleagues were not there yet, so I needed to find a place to eat by myself. The closest place to my hotel was an Outback Steakhouse. I walked in after a very long day of driving to the location for this particular work trip, and the waiter who sat me down looked at me and went, Do you want me to not talk to you? So that's my memory of Outback Steakhouse.
1: That uh, that that's some that's some quality work there. I'm sure you'd rewarded him with a, uh, a a very generous tip.
0: Yeah, the the steak was fine. I did not have a blooming onion or conk and a shrimp because that is ridiculous. On the football side of the house, and apparently because of the crabby contract, the blooming onion will be represented by Auburn University from the SEC, who does present a potentially very interesting matchup for a couple of reasons we'll get into, but to sort of outline what they are, Auburn's a good football team. They beat Alabama this year. They got a lot of talent. Secondly, a lot of that talent might want to play in the NFL NFL next year, which means they might want to get drafted, which means they might not play. So, Andy, what do you think just 30,000 foot have spent five minutes looking at Auburn. What do you think of this matchup?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a a legitimately tough matchup for Minnesota. Uh, I'm not, you know, willing to say that that the Gophers are in trouble, but I fully, I think the line has come out. Auburn's been favored by six or seven, and that seems about right. Um, You know, athleticism-wise, Auburn probably has the edge, but as you said, uh, they do have a few players, I believe, two most notably on the defensive line who are probably, uh, first day or first or second day NFL prospects who may sit out. Um, I think that could only be beneficial to Tanner Morgan and the Gophers passing game. Uh, of course, Minnesota has their own slew of seniors who we may find out here in the coming weeks might be sitting out. Um, although I think, you know, maybe, maybe facetiously. Um, you know, thinking back to all the, the Empire class and stuff like that, I do think a lot of those guys are going to want to see themselves go out with uh, capping their career with a uh, with bull win. So I, I would not expect to see Carter Coughlin or Thomas Barber sitting out. Um, you know, Kamal Martin, I guess, with the injuries is a question mark. Um Tyler Johnson, I, I think is in that same group too. I, you know, I, I wouldn't fault him if he wanted to sit out, but I honestly think he's going to be on the field. So I, I, I kind of think that Minnesota is going to have pretty close to a, a full team when we face Auburn on, uh, on New Year's day. Um, but it'll be, it'll be a fairly significant matchup. You know, we've got Bo Nix, the Auburn quarterback is a true freshman who's looked both spectacular and like a freshman at times this year. Um, you know, and, and Auburn's defense is the real deal. Uh, they've got speed. They've got talent. So, um, you know, I, I think Minnesota, we've seen last year where they uh, they used their 15-bull practices to, to figure out a formula and uh, really neutralize Georgia Tech's, uh, you know, triple option attack. I, I trust that uh, Kirk Schrock and Joe Rossi, given... Uh, given five weeks to figure out what they got to do uh, can come up with a pretty well game plan that uh, will get the Gophers in a good position. But, you know, we can, we can talk about that a little bit later as we get detailed into looking at the Tigers in, in a week or two here. But uh, I, I fully expect it will be a, a fairly good game, and uh, Minnesota should have a, have a decent shot to win if they play their best
0: i agree i think this would be a very interesting matchup auburn has a fantastic defense should they all want to play and if they don't play they're probably still gonna have a very good defense of the teams from a talent perspective that minnesota will have faced this year auburn is most certainly the second most talented team they have faced behind penn state they have a lot of weapons both on the offense and defensive side of the ball it is also the case and i'll point this out right now well before we get into anything more in depth bowl games are exhibitions And as a consequence, I don't actually care who uh, the long term outcome of this game, though, of course, I would like a Minnesota win. So, as a consequence to that, if Carter Coughlin, Tyler Johnson, Antoine Winfield, Kamal Martin decide that they need to sit out because they're hoping to make actual money playing the game they've played for four years in college, that is more than okay. And I will fault no player ever for wanting to actually get legally paid for the trade that they are performing currently in college. I also believe that one of the nice things about an exhibition bowl game is you should expect to see a lot of players who you haven't seen during the regular season, or if you have, you've seen them sparingly to keep the red shirts on and so we might be able to get to see a little bit of what we're going to look like next year on offense and defense which will look well but re- retroactively though A lot of these players, and in fact, uh, coach P.J. Fleck himself, got picked up their own hardware. Uh, Andy, can you walk us through a little bit of the postseason awards that the University of Minnesota has
1: picked up? Yeah, you know, uh, the the Big Ten awards were announced last week, which we were planning on talking about last week till our technical difficulties. Uh, But the Gophers uh, had probably their best haul in, in quite some time. Um, obviously PJ Fleck was named the big 10 coach of the year by his peers. Uh, Ryan day of Ohio state broke the Buckeye curse and picked up the, uh, the media's award. But, uh, PJ Fleck was given the uh, coach of the year by, by the coaches, um, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Rashad Bateman was named the Big Ten Wide Receiver of the Year, and both he and Tyler Johnson were named first-team All-Big Ten unanimously by the coaches and the media. Uh, They, in fact, became the first pair of receivers from the same team ever unanimously named first-team All-Big Ten uh, in the history of the Big Ten Awards, so that's kind of cool. Tanner Morgan Rodney Smith were given consensus second-team honors, and then Blaze Andrews was an named to both third teams um so minnesota pretty well represented on the offensive side of the ball defensively uh antoine winfield jr was named the big 10's defensive back of the year to no surprise obviously he was named to the uh, first team as well all big 10 and then carter coughlin was a unanimous second team all big 10 selection as well so um gophers with with some fairly good representative um Not surprisingly, uh, the AP All Big Ten Awards came out earlier uh, Wednesday, and it was almost a carbon copy, since most of those people probably voted in the medium portion of the Big Ten Awards to begin with. Um, Winfield, Johnson, Bateman, all were named first team. Uh, Morgan and um, Rodney Smith were named to the second team. Um, actually I don't know whether Carter Coughlin was or not. I didn't I didn't happen to see. Carter Coughlin might have gotten a second team snub. But um, and the coach of the year went to Ryan Day, again, just like the actual Big Ten awards. So uh Conspiracy, conspiracy. Uh, but to go along with that, uh, you know, we we've had a few. Antoine Winfield Jr. is one of the five finalists for the Nagurski uh, Award, which is the Defensive Player of the Year. That went to Chase Young of Ohio State. Shocker! Uh, just like Young won the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, um, but it was not. Not, not a
0: conspiracy a, chase young is incredibly yeah, very good.
1: good um so it was nice to see winfield get some pub there and uh, the all-american teams are starting to trickle out uh so far the two that uh have seen publicly be announced pro football focus and the athletic have both come out with their all-american teams and winfield has been first team all-american safety on both those teams um i would expect as we get more all-american teams trickling out here in the next week or so that that trend will continue um I'll have to look back, you know, I'm honestly not 100% sure, but I'm going to think that if he is AP, which is sort of the gold standard of All-American teams, uh, he will be the first gopher to win first-team All-American since probably Greg Eslinger, I'd have to say. Can you think of anybody? but... Tyron Carter. Oh, well, Eslinger was after Carter, because Carter was late 90s, early 2000s, Eslinger was oh like 04, 05.
0: Yeah, there's been it's been a really long time since Minnesota has had someone that is justifiably a first team yeah, all-American. Yeah, so I would
1: I would assume that, you know, it's we're talking at, at bare at bare minimum probably Esslinger could be Tyrone Carter, but you know, you're talking Winfield will be the third first team all-American for Minnesota since 1999. So, um That's pretty impressive, and uh, it's a heck of a way for Winfield to finish a season, and while I think we all would love to see him back in maroon and gold for 2020, I think most of us have come to the logical conclusion that he is most likely uh, going to join the rest of his recruiting class in the NFL draft this season, but, you know, never say never.
0: Yeah, if antoine winfield wants to come back minnesota's defense is going to look real good i will merely close just to talk about the dominance of antoine winfield there was a stat that i believe came from pro football focus or pff college that antoine winfield was targeted 21 times over the season and had seven interceptions so one out of every three times a quarterback threw a ball in his general direction pick that is fantastic we are, we are very much going to miss him. He has been an absolutely phenomenal player. And note that when he was finally able to not get injured against Maryland, how good he was. But unfortunately, we can now move from things that are very great to things that are terrible. And by things that are terrible, I mean the current iteration of the University of Minnesota men's basketball team. They lost most recently at Carver Hawkeye Arena to the Iowa Hawkeyes, 72-52 to to open the season. That's 20 points! That's really bad! Probably uh, worse than that is that uh, the three primary guards, Marcus Carr, Peyton Willis, and Gabe Kalsher, shot a grand total of two for 20 from behind the arc. Two for 20 is so bad. Just so unbelievably bad. Now, you might think, well, uh, U Street, a lot of those shots were presumably very difficult. Iowa, you know, as we know, juggernaut on the defensive end definitely was covering them you would be wrong in this case Uh, many of those looks in fact as i was counting seven of them were wide open so that's not great uh, Minnesota four and five on the season and of all of their losses this one was the most frustrating but also led to a sort of question that we've been kicking around on the blog for a little while which is uh, how bad is this team I'm definitely not going to say they're good because that's absolutely not the case good teams do not shoot abysmally like the goers have been doing for a long period of time but it's also a little bit hard for me to tell whether or not they're in fact actually bad the 72 for 52 20 point loss performance is entirely because three guards managed to have just an unbelievably bad night shooting. Fran McCaffrey interviewed after the game. He was asked why it was that Iowa was able to really get after Daniel Otura in the second half, which was true, and they were double and triple teaming Otura. And McCaffrey's answer to this was it helped that gabe kalsher could not shoot the ball very well he is not usually that bad of a shooter so i pose this question to you andy we are nine games into the season how bad of a team do you think this team is and a follow-up question for that how much of that is richard Petino's fault coaching the team so not recruiting or like a talent just coaching the team
1: yeah you know i i think i come down on the fact that this isn't a outwardly bad team. I mean, we've seen some really bad gopher basketball teams in the last, say, 15 years, and this isn't necessarily a bad team. You know, they're they're definitely not good, but, I mean, fundamentally on defense, they're not awful. They can move the ball when they want to move the ball, Um, but yeah, the, the shooting has been the most glaring thing this season. I mean, um, when this team can shoot, watch Clemson. I mean, they played really well against Clemson. And if they had, they had played that well against Utah, they'd probably win that game. And if they had played that well and shot that well against DePaul, they win that game. Um, so, you know, the, the potential is there. They just, so far, for whatever reason, um, on about three out of every four games they played this season... Have just shot abysmally, and and Gabe Kalscher has been the number one person to look at, and and you know we've gone back and forth to whether we think he might be secretly injured or whatever, because um, he's had cold cold snaps in the past, but it's never been like this. You know this is not the this is not the Gabe Kalscher we are used to seeing as as Gopher basketball fans. Is I mean he is missing wide open shots. He is he just isn't hitting like he has. And, you know, you wonder if he's got some small mechanical flaw or something that obviously to the untrained eye we're not picking up or whatever. But, um, you know, when this team can hit shots, they can win games. When they can't hit shots, which is happening more often than not, that's when they struggle to form any type of a consistent offense, and that's when you see teams take advantage. Uh, to go to your second point, is this Richard Petino's fault? I'm going to say no. I mean, some people will, will blame him naturally, but I mean, we're getting open shots. Like you said, Kelsher, Willis, Carr are getting open shots. They're just not hitting them. I mean, you can't coach players to hit open shots. That's, that's, you know, not what you can do, Um, you know. If there's some mechanical flaw or something like that, then yeah, it'd be nice to see somebody in the Gopher staff try and identify that and try and solve that issue. But legitimately, I mean, if they're getting open looks, if the offense is working and they're getting good looks, what are you going to do? Um, you know, on the flip side, we were talking about Daniel Oturu has been an absolute beast so far this season. He's picked up as much slack as he can. He just unfortunately can't put the entire team on his shoulders. Um... But, you know, the way they've worked, getting Ortur or looks down low and then kicking it out for the open jump shots, that's the way this offense is supposed to work. But if you can't make the shots, it doesn't really matter whether you're wide open or whether you're defended.
0: Daniel Oturo, just to note how monster of a season is his per 40 currently is 24 points a game, 14 rebounds. That's phenomenal. I mean, Daniel is having absolutely an all-Big Ten first-team season so far and if he continues performing like this during regular competition very and i don't mean this at all facetiously very seriously you're looking at an all-american kind of season from him and maybe he decides to go pro at the end of the year i have no idea about the latter but the former is absolutely true his stats are incredible and what is incredibly frustrating that i've had watching this team is that from a coaching perspective At least externally, Patino is more or less doing everything correctly. Where things are not correct, uh, perhaps, are in terms of recruitment and roster management. That's a fair criticism. That's one that's going to be true all season and therefore very boring when people keep talking about how the – team is supposedly not composed of Big Ten players or something, but it is a a reasonable question why it is that only two of the four members of the freshman class have actually played for any extended period of time, Brian Greenlee and Trey Williams, who is usually the first player off the bench from the backcourt. Jarvis Immersa has been the first player off the bench in the frontcourt, but Isaiah Enan has played sparingly. Sam Freeman, we didn't expect to see much from this season, and we have not been disappointed in that. Alian De- Demir has been an interesting player through the first nine games because he has shown the capability to score the ball. He's improving on the offensive end basically on a game-by-game basis. Gave him 13 points against Iowa and managed to hit from behind the arc. So just by default became one of the best shooters on the team. But on the defensive end, has definitely struggled. He struggled on missing assignments. He's gotten bodied and pushed out of the block by tougher players. And that's been a bit unfortunate. Ideally, and I mean this ideally, Alain Demir would be a super sub. He'd be someone who could come in against the reserve players in the Big Ten season and just destroy them. Because he's a decent reserve basketball player that's been forced into a starting role. He's handled it reasonably well, but he just hasn't quite had that next step. That's frustrating, but what is perhaps to me even more frustrating is, with the exception of the Iowa game, Minnesota probably should have won the other four games they lost. Uh, In the early against Butler and Oklahoma, they basically had these eight-minute stretches at the end of the second half where they just seemed to run out of gas against DePaul, which Go4Go5 and I were both in the building for. They played about as poorly as you could play and still almost won against a DePaul team who's quite good. Butler is currently looking quite good. Oklahoma is looking pretty good. Utah is looking pretty good. So the schedule they've played has been pretty challenging. And, I mean, it seems disappointing that they're 4-5, and which is why they're not a good team because good teams – win more of those games than they lose. But I am very confused as to whether or not they're a bad team, which they very much might be, to be clear, or a mediocre team. If they're a mediocre team, uh, and incidentally we will not find this out against Ohio State because I expect Minnesota to lose quite handily to the Buckeyes, who are a good basketball team this year, but we will find out through the Big Ten season. I think if you want to be optimistic at the beginning of the season, I felt that the Gophers were a bubble team, and I think the optimistic view says they are in fact still a bubble team. If you want to be pessimistic, this is a team that's going to be in the bottom third of the Big Ten, kind of scraping by wins, and they unfortunately have a very challenging schedule. So a lot of negativity there. Let's move to a little bit of positivity, which is the women's basketball team has won a lot of basketball games after opening up the season with a loss to Mississippi State, right, Andy? no. Missouri, yeah, State. Missouri State. Who, who, Missouri State. My apologies who? to both the states of
1: Mississippi. Who and just, Missouri.
0: just the Govers have gone on a tear.
1: Yeah, I was going to say just, a, just a, so you know, lost to Missouri State. We're like, okay, whatever. Uh, Missouri State went to the Sweet Sixteen last year and currently is eight and one and has the number two RPI in all of women's college basketball. So, not a bad loss. No.
0: And Minnesota has had quite a few good wins. They most recently went into George Washington and won quite handily. The Gopher women can also shoot from behind the arc, which is a wonderful change, having watched the men consistently miss wide open shots. Andy, uh, can you sort of recap a little bit basic for our listeners about how the women have been doing this?
1: Yeah, as you said, uh, the Gophers have, have uh, after dropping their first game, have now won eight in a row uh, to move up to eight and one so far this season. Uh, all and none, conference play is that women don't play early big 10 games because they only play 18 big 10 games not 20 and jim delaney and company hasn't screwed their schedules up etc etc um but minnesota has gone on the road they, they started their first five i believe first uh, the first six games at home and now have gone three and oh on the road they went into notre dame uh that would be ncaa runner-up notre dame who granted lost four or five starters from a year ago um but they went into Notre Dame and knocked off the Fighting Irish in the Big Ten ACC Challenge last week, and then they uh, they went on a, a road trip to Washington D.C. this past weekend and beat up on American um, on Friday, I believe, and then uh, beat George Washington on Sunday. Uh, you know, they're they're hitting shots. Uh, Minnesota f- has found a. We, we all know Destiny Pitts. If you follow this team at all, Destiny Pitts is a junior. She's by far the best player on this team. Um, all Big Ten, fringe, All-American type candidate. Uh, she's having another great year. Scored 20 points again. Um, she's hit th- th- six three-pointers. She's been great from behind the arc. What this team has struggled is when Pitts has either been shut down or when Pitts has not been able to hit shots. Well, Minnesota got Jasmine Brunson back um, from, or no, uh, sorry, Juddman Brunson was back. Uh, Diva Lee. Gadeva Hubbard. Me. Thank you. Gadeva Hubbard back from an injury that took her out from all last season. She's provided an offensive spark. And Lindsey Whalen has has recruited well, and uh, freshman Sarah Scalia from Stillwater has been a very pleasant surprise earlier this season. I think we all knew she was going to be good, but Scalia's been very good, so much so that she's been already inserted into the starting lineup. Uh, She had a career-high 23 points against George Washington, went 9-13 from the field, two blocks, and was 4-6 from behind the arc, seven rebounds, four steals. I mean, that, that's a true freshman doing that in her ninth career game. Uh, I don't care who you're playing. Um, so it seems like, you know, what what still is going to hurt Minnesota is their post-depth. They have Tae Bellow and nobody else. Um, so if Bellow... So Jasmine
0: Powell, the freshman from uh, also Detroit County Day where destiny Pitts is from has played well but she's definitely not no no player. she
1: is she's definitely a, a three slash four um but i mean Be- Bello is their true four five and if she gets in foul trouble um or they run up against some teams in the big 10 they're going to have legitimate six three six four posts that's where minnesota is going to struggle defensively um but if they can get keep bella out of fall trouble and work the inside out game and hit their shots this team's going to make some noise um you know they started out preseason ranked dropped out of the poll after they lost to missouri state i would not be surprised to see them jump back into the poll here um in the next version uh granted other than notre dame which notre dame legitimately is only a 500 team they haven't played anybody um drastically amazingly this year they've been beating up on the Dregs. Direct... i take that back they upset uh then number 17, Arizona State at the barn. Um, but they've been beating up on some, some lower non-conference teams and that will continue. Uh, the Gophers have two more non-conference games this Sunday. They host UC Davis, um, which should be a, a blowout. And then December 21st, they host Lehigh. Um, the UC Davis game is notable this Sunday as they will be raising Janelle McCarvel's number four up to the Williams arena banners. Um, adding her to her former teammate Lindsay Whalen and and several other Gopher women greats. So that should be a a fun thing to see this weekend at at Williams arena. Um, but legitimately Minnesota should be 10 and one entering big 10 play. Um, obviously that doesn't mean anything. You remember last year, the Gophers were 13 and Oh, before entering big 10 play, picked up their first win against Wisconsin and then promptly lost seven in a row. Um, Hopefully that won't be the same. They open Big Ten play at Penn State, but then they get a couple of tough tasks. uh, Ohio State, Nebraska, Northwestern. Um, So it'll be a a slog uh, in Charlie Cream's last bracketology, which, I mean, we're way too early. Ignore it. He had 11 Big Ten teams in the field of 64. Now, we're not, I mean, that's not like Big Ten volleyball top-heavy, but... If you're imagining that there's 14 teams in the Big Ten and 11 of them are going to make the NCAA tournament, uh, that 18-game that Big Ten schedule is going to be a tough, tough task night in, night out. So, um, you know, th- this team still has a long ways to go, but they are, uh, they are beating the teams they should. They are finding, uh, you know, bringing in players that weren't playing last year, finding ways to get them involved right away, getting the chemistry down. And uh, with hope, they will continue to... To play this well and, and go into the Big Ten season, and hopefully not have the uh, not have the ups and downs they had a year ago, where they you know went on a big seven game losing streak and then a seven game winning streak. And if they can you know if they can just get to a, a good uh, ten and eight or eleven and seven type record in the Big Ten, you know you're looking at a, a five six seven seed in the NCAA tournament, which would be uh, pretty impressive.
0: Absolutely. Which should be a great, great second season for Lindsey Whalen. I will merely echo that Sarah Scaly has been fantastic and has reminded me in the first nine games of her coach, who if she finishes having that particular kind of career, we would all be very excited. There is an NCAA tournament going on, going on right next door to Williams Arena, in fact. Uh, the women's volleyball team has been playing. They've made to the Sweet 16 with a little bit, it appears, of a squeaker. To get into that. Andy, would you quickly wrap up both those two games and then where the volleyball team heads to next?
1: Yeah, so the uh, the Gopher Women's Volleyball Team uh, hosted the first and second rounds at the PAV last weekend. Um, in Friday night they had no problem. Uh, they easily took care of um, Sorry, I had it right in front of me a minute ago and then I just lost it. They took care of uh, Bryant, the Bryant Bulldogs, Uh, No problem getting an easy win there. And then they played Creighton in the round of 32. And uh, Creighton was a a much tougher foe. Uh, Gave the Gophers all they had. Took them to five sets. But the Gophers squeaked it out in five sets to advance to the round of 16 this weekend. Um, They now head down to Austin, Texas, where the number two seeded uh, Longhorns will host. And it will be, uh, I believe it's... Uh, I take that back. Louisville did upset the 15th seed, so there are only three ranked teams left. Minnesota gets Florida. Gophers are the 7th national seed, they get 10 national seed Florida 5.30 Friday night Um, and if they win, they would advance to play 7pm Saturday night against the winner of Louisville and number 2 Texas Uh, Minnesota has seen both Florida and Texas this season already Uh, the Gophers got their first win of the year at the PAV against Florida sweeping them 3-0 in a fairly dominating affair Um, they, they pretty much took right to the Gators and had no trouble with them um the match before that, they were down in Austin to pace this Texas team where they got swept 3-0, but it literally was one of the most competitive 3-0 sweeps you will ever see. Uh, as I said, the Gophers dropped all three matches, but they lost by scores. There we go. Uh, they lost 25-22, 29-27, and 35-33. to Now, if you are wondering what's going on, obviously a standard volleyball score match goes up to 25 and you have to win by two. So, 29-27, 35-33. These teams were trading points back and forth before the Gophers just couldn't pull it out against the Longhorns. Um, One of the things they were having major issues with against Texas was both serving and returning serves. I think the Longhorns at one point had eight or nine aces in one of those uh, second or third sets what they took from the Gophers to win. So, if Minnesota can improve upon that. I think they legitimately will have a fairly decent chance to upset the number two team um, if they get to play them on Saturday night and make it to the Final Four, uh, which is in Pittsburgh this year, the following weekend. So uh, still plenty of Big Ten teams in in the tournament as well. I believe Michigan uh, went out, as did Illinois, but you will still see uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Penn State, and Purdue all fighting the five of the last 16 teams to try and make it to Pittsburgh in the Final Four next weekend. So uh, good luck to the Gophers this weekend, and hopefully they can take care of business and uh, try and get back to the Final Four and and make some noise.
0: Absolutely. We very much hope that for them as well. As per usual, all coverage of women's volleyball, men's and women's basketball, and not that this needs to be said, but of course, gopher football as they head down to Tampa will be on the Daily Gopher. We've got a lot of great things coming for you, both for this bowl season and as we kick off winter sports over the next couple of weeks, we'll also discuss kind of a first half recap of both men's and women's hockey, so make sure to be looking for that on the blog as well. Until next time, Sky Uma, go gophers, row the boat. <music> Boat.